Okay, I think we're live. Yeah, I, I think we are live. We're uh, dealing with a rather unique uh, setup for, for the video feed, so hopefully audio comes across okay if you're listening on our podcast at a later date, as we're just using an iPad today, um, since somebody forgot to bring the camera. It did. But that happens. That happens. It's okay, though. Okay, but we've got a big show for you. We um, sure do. We have the final NASCAR corner. Well, I guess the second to last ca- NASCAR corner. That's right. Of the year, the penultimate corner. Um, so we got that. Uh, we have. We've been looking at some baseball news. Some awards got handed out. Yeah, awards uh, getting handed last out. week. Um, we got uh, football to talk about. And um, that's about it. The NBA announced how they're going to handle the tentatively handle the 2020-2021 season. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's going to be weird. Um, but yeah, all that and more uh, with no intro. So, yay. All, all right, right so let's get into the show. Yep. Uh, we had a poll this week as we were looking at the baseball dramas Yeah. this week. And I will admit, I think I may have, might have stacked the deck in favor of one movie as my wife pointed out that Bull Durham and League of Their Own maybe could have been dramas, where I classified them in the comedy realm. Yeah, I totally agree with your wife on that one. Okay. Um, I thought they could have gone either way, so that's why I chose to put them as comedy instead of drama. I think A League of Their Own is the one that uh, that probably could have been done as a comedy more than Bull Durham. Okay. Um, but I understand and I can go with it either way. Okay. So our picks, uh, for the, for the drama field were Field of Dreams, Trouble with the Curve, 42, The Natural, and Moneyball. Yeah. Um, so I picked one, I picked one that I don't think you really think I would have picked. Okay. Uh, as far as baseball movies go, I think it is the most classic of all of them. I agree. Uh, however, it doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite of them. Okay. I really like 42, and I really like Moneyball. I think yeah. the way they did Moneyball, um, it it really makes you understand analytics a whole lot more. And it's not... I mean... Um, and, and I, I actually, they've been using it on, uh, as a commercial for the last couple weeks on Don't Hassle Us, We're Local, mm-hmm. but they've been talking about, um, but Mike Greenberg even said, uh, people that hate analytics don't understand. When you pick, when you, if you want to invest in the stock market, mm-hmm. are you just going to pick it by the name of the company, even though you know nothing about it? No. You're going to look at their history, you're going to understand what they're doing, and you're going to pick a team according, or you're going to pick a stock because of that, right? Exactly. That's what analytics is. It's taking a look at the history, looking at the numbers, and making decisions accordingly. Yep. And and Moneyball actually really tells that story quite well. Yeah. Sometimes it works out. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. And you saw that. And you saw that in the World Series this year. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, ask uh, Cash how that works exactly. out. All the data showed that Blake Snell's ERA goes way up 
in, when he faces the batting order the third time. So that's why they made the decision to go to Nick Anderson. Unfortunately, yep. the move didn't work out this time. Yep. It happens. Sometimes it happens. Um, a movie that I put on the list that I just, I've only watched this once, and I don't know if it was the movie itself or the fact that I was tired that day that we were trying to watch it was The Natural. I, I didn't like it. I was having trouble staying awake. Even. It's one of those that I've actually never seen. Okay. So I'll put it out there. That's one that I've never seen. So I'm not All right. I'm so, not real surprised about it. All right. So maybe two honorable mentions that didn't make the list that I thought of afterwards. Um, for Love of the Game, Kevin Costner's last baseball movie yep. that he did. And also maybe Eight Men Out. No. No? For Love of the Game is not. What was it? Didn't he do The Rookie? No, The Rookie was Dennis Quaid. Oh, it was. But that's another good drama, drama yeah. movie that you could have put on the list. But uh, also, Eight Men Out, the story of the 1919 uh, Chicago White Sox. World but Series. you cover it with the winner, which is... <clears throat> what won the uh, poll this week? Uh, what won the poll was Field of Dreams. Right. So that's the one that, I mean, honestly, if you're going to tell that story, Field of Dreams kind of tells that story still. It does. It tells it in a little bit of a different way. It doesn't tell the direct story, but it gives you the context of the story on why they come and play at the Field of Dreams, even though it's not fully immersed in, in like you, it's not the true telling of the story. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I voted for Field of Dreams. Why? Because out of all of those movies, that's the most classic, and you know we figure that's honestly kind of how you're gonna vote for that one. This yeah. week we're doing comedies? Yes, we are doing comedies. So this, okay. I think, is going to be a tough one out there, much like maybe like the kids' movies, Blurs. So your comedy selections will be A League of Their Own, Major League, Bull Durham, Fever Pitch, and Mr. Baseball. Is that... Is, which, is that uh... Mr. Baseball is the Tom Selleck movie. Oh, yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets yeah, yeah. traded from the New York Yankees yep. to the Tokyo Giants. Yep. Um, the other one, and I don't know if you want to put it on there. I can put it on there. We'll Mr. 3000. You want me to put Mr. 3000? Bernie give, Mac. Give Bernie Mac some love. Okay, I'll put it on there. It's a baseball movie. It okay. is a comedy. I think it deserves a, it deserves a spot. Okay. I'm not going to vote for it. Yeah. So, and, and in fact, I think, again, you stacked this deck with with baseball movies with at least two of them that probably should have been in the drama category, one of which I would have voted for over what I ended up voting for. Okay. But that's okay. We'll look at it as a comedy, and we'll, uh, we'll see how the votes come out next week, um, and we'll, we'll move on from there. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so baseball hitters, we'll stay on the diamond here. Yep. Um, controversial decision, Mike, one that you're probably not going to like, but Alex Cora was rehired as the manager of the Boston Red Sox. Why are they doing that to themselves? Are they wanting to be as hated as Houston is? I don't know on this one because I, I think it almost had the feel of he was the best available because, I mean, there wasn't any really buzz. He's the best year. shooter available? Okay, I mean, the other people that they interviewed for the job, Sam Fold, former Cub and maybe really high in baseball development and analytics, and the Marlins bench coach, who I can't remember his name, 
the Yankees bench coach, Carlos Mendoza. Yeah. Um, and I think the other person that they interviewed, um, I don't remember the, th the fourth guy they seriously considered. But there really wasn't too much buzz around baseball of, hey, this guy is the next big thing to, okay. to, to step in line, to step in as a manager, much like there was last year when there were clear-cut candidates. Honestly, candidates. I think there are better. I, I, I don't think he's he deserves to be in baseball anymore. Um, I think, honestly, I know that the only thing really that gets you a lifetime ban is gambling and he, in, in baseball. But this is pretty close to deserving mm -hmm. a lifetime ban. Like, in my opinion, I think Alex Cora deserves to be out of baseball forever, never to return. Okay. And you know what? Uh, Rich and I, and, and we have big news at the end of the show. We should, oh, okay. We're, that thing we talked about. Okay. We'll, we'll explain it at the end of the show. But um, looking for, like, honestly, even if we ever get guests to to join us. I don't think Alex Cora is going to be somebody that does. And if he is, I'm going to add, I'm going to tell him straight up to his face, he should not be in baseball. He's a cheater and he doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve to come back. Yeah, I think the the reason why they went back to Cora other than being he was well the most qualified or best candidate left amongst the um, amongst the available candidates might have also had to have done that it seemed like most of the punishment or the blame for the Red Sox cheating was passed off on their video coordinator and replay coordinator, yep. not necessarily on Cora, but much like you said with Hinch, he still allowed it to go on. Even beyond and that, he brought, though. And he brought the cheating from the Houston organization. Right. He brought it to Boston. He brought it to... He also brought it to the organization. Hmm. He said... Or to Houston. He's the one that said, "Come on, guys, we gotta we gotta get better at our sign stealing." He's the one that brought that in. He's the one like, no, I he, Alex Cora does not deserve to be in baseball ever again. Boston, you are now on my list of teams. I will I will root against in the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, flat out, don't care. I'm yeah. rooting against you the entire season. All right. Personally, I, I'm not surprised that he's back in baseball, but I thought that he would get hired by somebody other than Boston. Yeah. I would have thought that Boston would have been maybe a little bit more smarter to distance themselves from Alex Cora, even if the cheating allegations were more pinned on a video staffer instead of necessarily him. I mean, I mean you didn't see Houston rushing off to let go of Dusty Baker so they could bring back A.J. Hinch. Right. Like, it just it doesn't make sense. Um, but A.J. Hinch is back in baseball, and I honestly think A.J. Hinch deserves to be back in baseball, personally, especially more than Alex Cora, but, man, whatever. Do okay. your thing. Yeah, the other piece of baseball news, um, silver sluggers were handed out this week. No Cubs won any. Nope. Um, not surprised there, but um, gold gloves were given out this yes. week. And um, Anthony Rizzo... Um, and Javi Baez yeah. were awarded gold gloves on the National League side. And they I guess they got some sort of like team gold glove award too as the best defensive team yep. in baseball. I, I really like Wilson Contreras' tweet about that. Um, he said, this is nice, but we still need to get better. Yeah. Like, okay, we won a team award saying we're the best defense in baseball, but 
we need to get better because we're obviously not the best team in baseball because we didn't win the World Series. Yeah. So, 100% think it's one of those things that uh, that you gotta you gotta go with, and, and hopefully they can use this to uh, to spur them on and, and make uh, make things happen. Okay. Um, David Ross was also nominated for National League. Uh, manager of the Year Award, along with um, the other candidates going up against him are our Joyce Tingler in, um, from San Diego, Don Mattingly from uh, Miami. Yeah, I think Don probably deserves it. Um, getting his team into the playoff season is, for mm-hmm. them, is a huge success and, and way better than they thought they'd ever do. So, I like that. Um, I don't know if I like uh, I, you know, I, I still don't know if he deserves it, but good on them for making it work, right? Yeah. So, Mike, you were going to keep making some left turns, but I'll, but uh, step into the car, get into the climb into the car, and go out to the NASCAR races. This yeah, week. for the last NASCAR pits of 2020 season. That's right. So the Xfinity 500 uh, was last week out in Martinsville. My pick of Chase Elliott came in first. My pick, my non-playoff driver pick of Clint Boyer came in eighth, which were higher than your two picks with Matt DiBenedetto as non-playoff coming in 12th and Martin Truex coming in 22nd. Yep. So we won't give the stats. I forgot to write them down, but I don't feel like looking them up. Um, Needless to say, you're way in the lead and I am not. Yes. So this comes down to the championship race in Phoenix, which you can catch on NBC on Sunday. So Rich thinks he's a psychic and he yeah. he's he's got it he's got it in his hands. He thinks he knows who I'm gonna pick. Yes. Did you do both playoff and non playoff? Yes I did. Okay. Um, I think you're wrong. I probably am. But uh, I am going with I'm gonna um, I, I gotta say I think you picked that I'm gonna say Denny Hamlin, but that's not who I'm gonna say. Okay. I'm going with Brad Kizalowski. As my playoff driver uh, for, to win the championship this year. And my non-playoff driver, Clint Boyer. Yep, I went over two. I had you down as Denny Hamlin and Jimmy Johnson. I like both those picks. Um, I really want Jimmy to win, but it, do- it, it doesn't look like his cars have been um, championship cars this year. And I think the big thing that he that, that's going against Jimmy, and I... I figured this out at the last race of the season. Jimmy is really good about taking a car that's terrible at the beginning of a race weekend uh-huh. and starting practices and being able to communicate with his team to make the car better. And that's how he become. That's how he gets a winning race car. But with no practices, with no practices, he doesn't. He's not able to do that. Yeah, kind of similar, maybe to Kyle Busch as well. Yep. Yeah, I Kyle Busch takes full advantage of those practice yep. sessions to. To fine tune that car to get it ready for race day. Yep. So who are you picking, Rich? You know, I'm I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott, who was my pre playoff pick to win it all. Okay. So that's who I'm gonna go with. And I talked you out of your non playoff drive. You did. I did. Um, so I'm gonna go with a guy that was recently eliminated but has good success at Phoenix, and I'm gonna go Kevin Harvick. That's a good pick. I think those are so, folks, he actually wrote down Jimmy Johnson. I did. You can see his notebook. It's right here. He was going to say Jimmy Johnson, but when I pointed out that Jimmy Jimmy needs those practices to uh, make it work, 
that's what uh, that's he took that away and and changed it for Kevin Harvick. Um, so far this year, how do you think they did with the concept uh, with the way that they're doing? They've handled the COVID and racing week in and week out. Just fine. You, you really didn't hear too much about they only had two drivers come down with COVID with yep. uh, Jimmy Johnson and was it Austin Dillon? I, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that it did well. Uh, hopefully the TV ratings did well for the races as well. I don't think that well, as long as there was races, the people that watch races were probably going to watch regardless. Yep. Um, now, we talked about it, and I think we both enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, the virtual NASCAR that yeah. they did. Um, would you? Is that something that you would consider watching on a regular basis? If it if it was airing on TV, where they had a series and they inter like it was, let's say instead of the Xfinity races, the, the second tier two, mm -hmm. they were they showed the the virtual races, I, and I, they introduced you to these drivers and they got you to know them a little bit better. Would you you think you could enjoy it? I don't think I could. Okay. I, I really don't. I think I need that real NASCAR. I, I need the name recognition of the NASCAR drivers. Okay. And I think it was a great idea that what they did to kind of keep keep NASCAR in the mind, keep keep NASCAR out on the out on the media out yep. in the media and uh, for name recognition to bring these drivers in to do um, to race against NASCARs. Uh, to race virtually, just to keep it on, t keep it on the air, keep it in the public eye. Give us some sort of competition. Exactly. When everything was cut down, was, yeah. when everything was shut down so early yep. on, and then in, in the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah. So, I, good on them. Um, I this year I think has been a success, and will continue to be a success. And it. Uh, I think this may have helped them overall in gaining fans, hmm. being back as early as they were, and uh, kind of presenting themselves as, hey, we're still here, we still exist, and with no fans, it's basically the same sport. It is. So, unlike... the same at the end of the race when they're doing the burnout for the right, fans. And, right, uh, they don't, their celebrations are a little more muted and it's not as exciting, but uh, the race itself, the competition itself doesn't really change, uh, whereas... NFL, NBA, MLB all felt really weird with, with no fans or as limited fans as they've had uh, this year. So that's mm -hmm. that's where NASCAR, I think, has won uh, the 2020. But uh, we'll see. And uh, Rich, I will make you a deal. Okay. I'm not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna make this uh, pick for an official lunch. Okay. But it will knock off a lunch that you open. Okay. If Chase Elliott can pull off the win, he has to win. He has to win. Okay. It's not. He, it's not whether or not he beats me. Uh -huh. It's whether he pulls off the win. All right. You will knock off one full lunch, and that way you only owe me two overall. Okay. Sound like a fair deal? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because um, you know, folks, and, and I, I don't. I'm not. And I, I've actually made a decision on this as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of just made a unilateral decision. Haven't even told Rich. He's finding this out for the first time. Um, I feel a little bad because NBA, NHL, and baseball all happened within a month of each other, <laughs> and it kind of like that kind of makes it difficult to buy lunches because then you owe three lunches. Um, I think we're gonna eliminate the NHL. We'll, we'll eliminate either the NHL or the NBA as one that we do that is a lunch bet 
it'll be one or the other. Um, and I will let you pick. I think NHL, we probably both know a little bit better than we know NBA even. But neither one of them do we know that well. So um, I feel like mm. doing, doing MLB in the fall mm-hmm. and then NFL in the late winter, early spring time area works. And then NBA over the summer. I think three of them kind of works, and it gives us time to stagger them out okay. in a normal year. This year was a little weird, but I'm gonna choose to throw out the ba- the basketball. Okay. Because I think we were on level footing for the NHL as okay was knowledge on both when it came down to knowledge on both teams. Um, yep. I, I think really I mean, as much as I we we didn't neither of us. Maybe not wanted to have seen LeBron James win that title. You knew that he probably was when the when the NBA went to that bubble format. Yeah, based but, on who came out of the East with Miami, even though they were hot, yep. they had injuries that happened before the finals, and they weren't the same team that they were when the bubble action started versus the team that they were by the time the NBA finals. Yeah, came around due to injuries to key players. But that will that will that change will happen next year. Technically, you still owe me three for this year. We're going to get one of them knocked out today. And you might get a second one knocked out if Chase Elliott can make the win. We'll see. I think that uh, that sounds fair to me. Okay. I think if you're cool with that, we'll do it that way. And then, uh, you ready to head up over to the Big Ten? Yeah. Okay. All right. You have the matchup, so I might need to look at your phone to see what the matchups look like this week. All right. But last week, uh, we both got our picks right. That's right. Your pick of Ohio State beat Penn State 38-29. Which, honestly, that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. But uh, Indiana then went on to beat Rutgers 37-21. to That's right. So, Mike, your matchups this week that you have access to pick to since you can no longer pick Ohio State. and Who's Ohio State playing, though? Ohio State is playing Rutgers. Never mind, I'm not picking Rutgers. You can't, so yeah, yeah. I so could pick Rutgers, you technically, could. but so, I'm not going to. So the teams that you cannot I'm going to pick. Minnesota over Illinois. Minnesota over Illinois. Okay. Yep. Minnesota is an option for you to pick. Yep. So you're going to take the Golden Gophers. Yep. Um, they need to win. So... I'm tempted to go Michigan over Indiana because Michigan really needs that win. And when I was driving the dog to the groomers today, they said Indiana has never has not finished three has not gone three and zero in the big in Big Ten action since 1988. Ooh, okay. But I'm gonna go with Northwestern over Nebraska. Okay. Um. So that Michigan game. Does Michigan have to win out in order for Harbaugh to keep his job? I don't think he has to win out to keep his job. I think it's going to take a lot more for him to lose his job. He's got so much credibility at Michigan. I think it's his job to lose. I think that he'll resign or it'll take a scandal for him to lose his job. Um, I You know, friend of the show, David Hovinga. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's pretty convinced that this might be the last year for, uh, for Harbaugh in Michigan. Really? Yeah. Um, he's, he's kind of done with it. 
and he's looking forward to, he, he thinks that, I mean, the only way he saves his job is to win out. Um, personally, I don't think that's going to be accurate, but uh, I'd like to see, I, I think he still has at least one more year of goodwill, uh, because, you know, this year is COVID, and you have to give a pass for COVID no matter what. Hmm. Okay. So. So we'll see if David's prediction comes true. Maybe not prediction, but his hope for his favorite team that, yeah. that they that Harbaugh is let go and shown the door. Yep. So uh, let's go ahead and stay on the gridiron and go over to the NFL, Mike. How did we do last week? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I had that picked up, and then Facebook decided to close on me. So let me get that back up. Uh, I know. I, I'm pretty sure I did pretty terrible. I think I went. I didn't pick a single game right, including. Uh, well, did we pick San Francisco losing? I don't remember. Uh, yes, there you did get the Thursday night game right as you went with Packers over the 49ers. I got that one wrong, but I also made that pick before the um, before the oh, 49ers lost like three you know, quarters of their team. Yeah, three quarters of their offense to either COVID or injuries from week eight. How about how about this fact? Nobody, nobody that touched the ball in the Super Bowl last year was played in the game last night. Really? Or on Thursday. Yeah. Nobody oh. that touched the ball for San Francisco played on Thursday night. Wow. I did not know that. Great catch. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, our locks of the week. Um, yeah, you did not get your lock of the week as you had the Titans beating the Bengals. Which did not happen as the Bengals won thirty-one to twenty. I got my lock of the week as the Chiefs, with no problem, beat the Jets thirty-five to nine. Over on the upset side, um, it was a close game, Mike. But the Saints won in overtime, twenty-six to twenty-three, and I got my upset of the Dolphins beating the Rams, twenty-eight to seven. So let's talk about the Bears real quick. Okay, what needs to happen? I really don't know. Are we done with Nagy? People are calling for his job. Mm -hmm. Do you think he should lose his job? The thing is, I... I think if the trend continues that where they can't close out games and they're not, and they're not, and they're or they're losing bad, I think Nagy does need to go. But the thing is, the hot coaching name out on the out on the market, Eric Bieleni, comes from the same coaching tree that Matt Nagy came from. Yeah. So um, my argument is, we are what five and three right now. Yeah. We have a winning record. We are second in the division. Likely at this point, if we continue with the trends, we mm -hmm. are likely to make the playoffs. Now. I can't say for certain that we're going to, but if you follow the trends and if they if they keep their uh, five and three average, which ends up being what seventy five percent roughly. Um, yes, by percentage points, they are probably a game away from being in a wild card position this year. Right. So. Honestly, with the way A, COVID's going, B, 
uh, how good he's actually, like, the team's playing quite well. Mm -hmm. Even though some of their losses have been bad losses. Um, this one this week, um, overtime, like, seriously, whenever you go to overtime and you're the home team and you get the chance, you get the ball at all, mm -hmm. you should be able to close it out. Yeah. So, um, we need to figure out how to work with Nick Foles a little bit better. Uh, but I don't think I don't think there's any reason why he should be he should be gone. Okay. All right, uh, I'll give that one to you. I think if he can have a winning record, yep. And yeah, give him a winning record. I would give him one more year. I, I think that buys him another year to see what can what can happen. Yeah, and. I don't remember, but was was it his choice to go get Mitch Trubisky, or was it? I believe no, that was a Ryan Pace move because right. Trubisky was drafted in the John Fox era. You're right, you're right. So honestly, let's get him a quarterback. That let's let's I mean let's get him a quarterback. Let's have a quarterback for the Bears, like. Uh, Nick Baker, friend of the show, friend of ours, we're on a chat with him every week. Um, he would say the problem this year has been officiating. Okay. I mean, if you look, and, and he, he, we've made very good arguments about it. The officiating against the Bears has been, if you look at the numbers, has been staggeringly terrible. And a lot of the calls have been very mediocre, if not terrible calls overall this year. Um, so that's why he puts the Bears as losing so much. Mm -hmm. He says that if it wasn't for those type call for those terrible calls, we we probably win last week's game, uh, which puts us you know in first place in the division, um, and we're a better team, and we're we're having to play against the refs a little bit harder. I, I don't 100% agree. I agree that I think the officiating has been terrible this year in general. But yes, uh, sure, we'll go with that. But um, I don't think, I think one of the points that Nick made this last week in our conversation was we have not had a good quarterback in the history of the Chicago Bears in you know, our lifetime. I, yep, and, and I can agree with that. Some people would say, Jim McMahon. But Jim McMahon was was your ultimate uh, uh, good enough or good enough good, good enough back then you wouldn't have called it a system quarterback or a play manager or a time manager or a game manager but that's really what he was. He was a good enough game manager to make it work. So he could hold, hand the ball off to Walter Payton yep. or he could make the occasional big deep ball play when yep. he did. And that's all he, he did. He wasn't. He wasn't this guy that was. That was one of the. He would. I don't even think he would have been considered one of the top five quarterbacks in today's era, at least. Mm. And back then he was. I mean, in, in '85. So let's see. Elway was in the league. Marino was in the league. Montana was in the league. Mm -hmm. So at best, he was fourth. Probably, I don't even know if he made the top, if he would have been considered the top five. You know, it was the year that I was born. I, I hadn't been, I wasn't even born the year that they won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. 
Like I, I wasn't. So I, I was, but I was only like, two years old, three? a year and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't make that. Neither one of us can truly make the call. But looking at the stats and remembering who was playing back then, at best he was the fourth, but probably closer to six or eight. So yeah, but with Nagy being on kind of shaky ground on where should he remain the coach or do we go with another go in another direction with the coach GM combo? Let's say that they're in a position to draft a quarterback in the draft, whether they bottom out the rest of the year and they get in a position mm -hmm. high enough to draft a quarterback. Would you want to draft a quarterback and maybe even have a lamed up coach be the one that's developing him and then the next coach kind of inherits him? Yeah, that's the problem that we're at right now. Um, I think if we're gonna if we're gonna get if if we're saying that Nagy has a year left and he has to he has to do something in this year or it's bust, then I think at that point you gotta wait. So you stick with Bulls for one more year and you kinda gotta yep. another bridge quarterback here yep. to see what Nagy a Nagy Bulls tandem can do. Yep, and if he ends up, if he ends up, uh, I mean, if, if we get rid of, that's the problem though. I mean, if we're, if you're saying that your coach is on shaky enough ground that he's basically on one year contracts for the foreseeable future, mm -hmm. then is it uh, like, personally, if I think if you're at that point, you get rid of him, cut ties, because you can't develop a long-term plan. It, Rich, if, if, let's just look at life. You can't create a long-term plan if you only know, if you only are ever saying, well, I'm going to be doing this for the next one year. After that, we'll see how it is after that year. I might continue to do the job mm -hmm. that I have. Yeah. You, you can't continue to do that and say, but in the meantime, I'm going to make a 10-year plan. But it's going to get thrown out the window after a year when, well, the job that I have I don't want. So now my whole 10-year plan is out the window. But I'm already stuck with this $50,000 car that I bought because it's part of my 10-year plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but I don't know. I mean, would the, how would the fan base, would the fan base accept if you get, if no matter what happens this year, you give Matt Nagy an extension? Because the Bears' ownership, I, I mean, still, I don't know how open to the idea of the Bears' ownership is to paying a coach not to coach for them. If they gave him an extension and then he bombs in twenty twenty one, and then they let him go, and they're basically telling him they're basically paying him to not coach. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a terrible way to do it. So you either have to accept the fan base and follow their follow the fan base lead. And say, okay, we're done. We're going to cut ties. Or you give them the extension and you say, we know what we're doing. Trust us. We're giving Matt Nagy four more years. Or Five three more years. years. Two more years, three more years. At least. I think you give him, I think if you're going to give him, uh, if you're going to restructure, or if you're going to give him an extension, give him a five-year contract that gives him time to get a quarterback, develop that quarterback for a year, and then you got three years of okay, now show us what you're doing with the development you've done over the last two years for the two years that you did 
to have your to to get it to where you wanted it to be to get the thing yeah. you wanted. So if if they were to let go of Nagy, okay. would you prefer a defensive minded coach or an offensive minded coach to come in and coach that team? I I will never answer that question. Okay. I think it always depends on the coach and how they put the staff together around them. Because I mean, let's look let's let's look at some of your defensive minded coaches out there. All right. The top one doesn't look so hot this year. The top defensive minded coach in the league, probably the top coach in the league, right? You gotta give me a name here. Uh um Oh man, New England. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. He's he in all honesty, he's a defensive minded person. Mm-hmm. He know he knows how to scheme an offense, but his his rise up was a, was, was on the defensive, was side, defensive side. And when he came into the league, when he got the job, everybody said he was a defensive minded coach. Okay. So he's so that's the top of that that pyramid, if you will, that that concept of a defensive-minded coach. Now, most defensive-minded coaches aren't, aren't like that. Most of them are more like uh, Nick Fangio. All right. Not doing so hot this year. He also doesn't have a great defense, and they just don't look like a great team. Don't know if it's personnel or if it's his coaching. Either way, he doesn't look so great. Then we move out to Seattle. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. He's another defensive-minded coach. He pooped the bed when they were in the Super Bowl, and they had everything on the line. Now, nine times out of ten, like he actually did what is being hailed as the greatest thing he's doing right now, back then, which is trust Russell Wilson. Right? Like, yeah. he's being praised this year because he's trusting Russell Wilson. Everybody loves him for it. Mm-hmm. Back then, everybody's like, well, you have the greatest running back ever. Why, the greatest running back in the game right now. Why would you trust Russell Wilson when you can put it in the hands of beast mode? Well, everybody expected you to give it to beast mode. I don't blame him for that call. Yeah, because also Malcolm Butler made a great yeah. play. Yeah. So honestly, back so so now let's look at let's look at Pete Carroll. If it's a Pete Carroll style, I'm actually okay with it. But let's look at offensive minded coaches. So who's the who who do you think of when you think of offensive minded coaches in the NFL right now? As the top one, Andy Reid. Okay, yeah, I he Andy Reid is one of those that Again, he when he came in, he was more defensive minded. He was a quarterbacks coach and an offensive coordinator, Mike. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking elsewhere. But I think of, personally, I think of Bruce Arians. Okay. But either way, either one of those, I would take in a heartbeat. I think defenses win championships, but coordinator defensive coordinators can do more than offensive coordinators can for an offense. Okay. So in general, I would argue for a offensive-minded coach, but that's because I think defensive coordinators look at Nick Fangio as a defensive coordinator did so much more as a de- coordinator 
than he did as a than he is doing as a coach, even though he has good offensive minded offensive coordinators and all that stuff. So I guess you you I walked myself yeah. into it. <laughs> offensive minded coach. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I just don't think there are already good hotshot coordinators that you can go after this year. If you're going to go and get get Bionami from Kansas City, you already have an Andy Reid disciple as your head yeah, coach. You do. <laughs> you do. You trust Josh McDaniels will actually take your job because he didn't do, do too well in Denver when he was their head coach. Yeah, I don't trust Josh McDaniels anymore. Or do you trust any coach from the Belichick nope. coaching tree? Nope. Because once they leave Bill Belichick's um, as well. Even beyond the Bill Belichick tree and leaving Bill Belichick changes the way blah, blah, blah. I don't like... Uh, McDaniels isn't even because he's part of the tree. Mm. McDaniels I don't trust because what he did to Andy. Um, yeah, that's true. Very good point, Mike. I will never... I. I don't think anybody should offer him a job ever again unless it's in New England. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I I think he'll get interviews this time around. Uh, I think he'll get offered. The problem is, I think I personally think he burned enough bridge. He burned, he lit the bridge on fire to ever being a head coach anywhere but a, but New England. And that's a fair point. So, Mike, let's go ahead and get back on track here. Okay. Kind of went off the rails a little bit. Yep. And uh, let's give you our picks for week number nine. Yeah. So, Mike, who do you like as your lock of the week? I got to go open my thing up because that's where I have it. It's written down right here if you want it. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. Chiefs over Panthers. There you go. Yeah, that's a great one. Chiefs over the Panthers. I like that pick. Um, I'm going to go with one that's even more of a lopsided one and I'm going to go with Steelers over the Cowboys. Yeah. Huh. The Cowboys are on their fourth quarterback. Let's. I don't even want to get into the Cowboy discussion. Uh, it is such a dumpster fire down there. Uh, apparently Texas is on fire and it's the fire of their 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 football mm-hmm. is dumpster fires. Both of them. Right yeah. now. And I honestly um, I think I, I don't know. You blame the head coach in Dallas. I. Do you blame McCarthy? I don't, I don't know at this point. I mean, I know in the past, the, in past shows, I've said, you know what? Maybe the team wouldn't be as bad if Dak Prescott was still in there. Yep. But even with Dak Prescott, they were struggling to win games. But I think one one area that the team that people aren't thinking about when it comes to why are the Cowboys so bad this year? The offensive line, a yeah. long time strength for that team. As they lost a couple to retirement, and they've lost the others to injuries. Yep. And and honestly, um, why was Dak so good last year? Because he had time. He had protection. Mm-hmm. Why was Zeke so good? Because he had holes. Without an offensive line, you don't have that. But should a head coach be able to take offensive linemen and make that team better? Uh, a good, a great coach, maybe, but I don't know. Okay, who do you got for an upset? You know, my upset, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts over the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't think it's as tough of a sell as mine, but I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I know Super Bowl Sunday is in February, but for one team in particular, this week is their Super Bowl. The New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. 
they're playing the Patriots. That they is, are. That is the team that they circle on the calendar. They say we got these. This is, we're going full force. Um, so I think, and the Patriots don't look great this year. They don't. They look like they look beatable. And as terrible as the Jets are, I think this game is where they're going to show up. We're going to pick the Jets over the Patriots. Moving on to Thursday night. Uh, honestly, this game for Thursday night, I don't think there's much of a choice here, but it's the Colts versus the Titans. Um, I mean, do you think the Colts have a chance? They have a good defense. But if, but I think but can they stop Henry? Exactly, and then if they stop Henry, can they slow down the passing game? Because Ryan Tannehill at times is just sneaky good. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think uh, I think that game is pretty much set. Um, I think we're both going the Titans. Yeah. Okay. I, I like the Titans in that one a little bit. Okay. Um, so where are we at on time? Um, to be honest with you, I don't remember the time that we started, but it's eleven o'clock now. Um, but one oh. thing about the Jets Patriots game. Yes. Um, do you think that they got to play the, they, the Jets have to play the Patriots twice? This, I think, the last week of the season. Could Bill Belichick screw over the Jets one more time? Because if the Jets beat the Patriots twice, that could take them out of position to get that first or second pick. And remember, Bill Belichick was the handpicked successor to Bill Parcells. And he lost, and he walked away from the team, resigned without ever coaching a game. Yeah. And screwed him over and went to Boston instead. Um, do I think it's possible? Yes. Um, but if they can't compete, and that, those are the two Jets wins this year, so they could be in a position to lose out on the number one pick. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do it. I mean, it's, it's Bill Belichick. He's not going to do it intentionally, number one. Mm-hmm. That he's never going to do it intentionally. So, no. Uh, intentionally, no. But, think it's possible that it happens? Yes. Okay. So, yes and no all at the same time. All right. Now, um, so we're about to sit about 45 minutes for the show. Is where okay. we're at. So, we got about 15 more minutes. Um, we do have that big announcement. Do you want to make it now? Do you even remember what the big announcement is? No. Okay. Or what you think the big announcement is, I guess. Okay. So, so, so go, go ahead. We'll end the show on that. Well, we uh, got other things to talk about. We can talk about other things in sports. We can talk about our power rankings, even though I didn't do my job and fill out my power rankings. We'll skip that. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a pass. We'll skip this week. It was a busy week. It was. As, uh, there's a lot of planning that goes around to, for you coming, making the six-hour drive is. down here there is. Uh, to get prepared. Um, so we'll pass on the power rankings. Um NBA, before we get to the announcement, okay. uh, the NBA announced that they are going to start their season on or around the 22nd. So opening night will be December 22nd, and they're going to play a 72-game season instead of an 82-game season this year. I mean, they, they need the revenue from from uh, the the giant boost that they get from, NBA, or from Christmas. Christmas. Okay. You have to, I mean, the NBA on Christmas is, I mean, it's like... Football on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it has become a tradition for that league to put their marquee matchups. I mean, so it's the same way that what are we going to watch on on New Year's Day? Probably the Rose Bowl. Okay, that too. 
I was thinking the Winter Classic. Which is not going to happen. Oh, they're not doing it. They are not going to do it this year. It's sad. I, I know. That's the one hockey game a year that I watch because I want to see what happens in that outdoor game. But Barney, we, why are they doing this? <laughs> this makes no sense. Like, honestly. They that, said that they, they, might, they might still do a stadium classic game later on in the season. But so are they, is it just this year or are they just... Just, just this year. Okay. Because they're, the NHL has announced how they're going to restart their season, how many games they're going to play. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of logistics involved with getting the Winter Classic game because you're basically having to build an ice surface from scratch on that field. Yeah. But in a non-traditional environment. They've got it figured out to where it's not that hard to do. Like, they know what they're doing. They have... Companies that know how to build these these mm -hmm. outdoor ice rinks, and I mean, heck, I went to Daytona Beach one year in the middle of January, mm -hmm. and they had an ice skating rink on the beach. Huh. Yeah. I'm out there in shorts and flip flops. Now, granted, I'll be in shorts and flip flops when it's negative ten degrees outside, but it's like. There are other people in the world that were in shorts and flip-flops on Daytona Beach. It's like 75, 80 degrees, and there's an ice skating rink there. Ooh. And that's just for tourism. So, to build a hockey rink on in Denver, or to build a hockey rink in Chicago on Soldier Field, or uh, Wrigley Field, or the guaranteed rate, yeah, Low but, I mean, but I mean, one of the appeals of the Winter Classic is being able to have an outdoor stadium. These outdoor stadiums that they play in are about twice the size yep. as yep. an NHL or NBA arena that these teams play in. And with no fans or limited fans, is it worth the trouble to to build it up, to build that up and put on put it on as a TV as a TV spectacle? Honestly, I think so because again. Your your ratings on that game were so high. But a lot of the feel good stories that go along with that is the sideline reporter or the reporters in the field talking with the fans, being out there with the fans. Yeah, that element's gone. Yeah, if there's no fans in the stands. I, you're right, but I still think that it's worth it with the the added the. I mean, how how many times have we heard how much the players? love the ability to play in an outdoor game. Yeah. I mean heck, by that by by New Year's they could come out to to Okaboji and play on the actual <laughs> lake. Yeah, and that is like, one thing that I heard is that they might do a game out on a lake up in Canada to where it is secluded to where you won't have people breaking in or yeah. coming into a stadium that they don't want fans in. Okay. Where they can put up a secure perimeter to say, nope, you can't go past this spot. And they might build up and a nice Canadians are, are good people and they uh, they follow the rules when it's time to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. So so you could see a game between the Canadian teams in a remote location. That's going to be the toughest thing, I think, for hockey is the amount of the, the the large amount of Canadian teams playing against American teams and not being able and having border crossing issues right and having that that issue um, and that's with the issue. amount that Canada has been shut down and look I'm not trying to bring politics into mm -hmm. it 
but looking at the trajectory of the the election currently, um, there is a good possibility that America gets shut down in a much more firm way uh, in the next few months. What's that going to do to sports in general? And then even more so uh, by the time it comes to hockey season. Yeah, and, and that's the challenge that the Toronto Raptors are facing yep. right now. As they've had teams come to them saying, hey, come play in our cities. Kansas City and Louisville have already come to them and said, hey, come play your games here in our arenas that don't have sports teams in them. Yep. And the other team, the other places that they're looking at as a possible temporary home is uh, Newark, New Jersey, where the, where the Devils play because it at least puts them closer to the other teams within their division. Yeah. As um, one thing that the NFL, that the NBA has proposed for this year is doing a similar style scheduling to what baseball does to where you're playing you're playing in the same city for a couple of games getting your team getting those matchups knocked out with that team early instead of going back and forth and having one-off games and constantly on the move and on traveling which is again the hard thing with basketball basketball is that the the i mean the i don't want to say the definition of basketball and uh, nba play but one of the, the the highlights of NBA play is you travel almost every other day. Mm -hmm. If you get back-to-back -back games, that's rare. One. Two, those back-to-back -back games tend to be even. You even travel in those. You have an early game today. You have, you have the noon game today. And then you're on the bus or you're on the plane. And you have a game tomorrow in another city. It's not just you're playing the same team back to back. You rarely play the same team back to back. Yep, and that's what they're proposing and this year. That would be that would probably be the biggest change in the way a sport is done due to COVID. The MLB, they're used to yes, you're only playing in your in your division and your league counter division. I yeah. guess is the best. That, way to that, yes, that's how they did it right. this year. Um, that is, but you're still playing games in series. You're still playing games. You travel. You play three games in a series. You travel. You play three games in a series. Da 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 da. That's how they do it in jet. Like that's baseball. But for basketball, that is completely not how they do it. That's a complete exactly. change. You could play a game in New York City one night, have an off night while you're traveling out to the West Coast to yep. travel to yep. play to to play another game or switch two time zones. Yeah. And play your next game yep. or this year. Maybe they do have more regional scheduling to where if you're going to send a team out to the West Coast, you're going to play. You're probably going to play the other teams out on the West Coast. You're going to play both LA teams in one in in a week, and you're going to play Sacramento, and you're going to play like you're going to make that. Well, you're down San Francisco right. before returning home. So I don't know if that's going to mean longer road trips for people as they to cut down on travel, or if you'll see series to where if, yeah. I mean, if you play one team if you're scheduled to play one team four times in four times in one matchup you could have in a, year, yeah. in a year you could have back to back games to prevent having to travel back out there. Yeah that's gonna be that in and of itself is gonna be a changer a game changer for basketball. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be the hard one for basketball. Man. Um so, so what's the big news? And we'll close out the show with your big news. I, we have big news, and then I have an acknowledgement to make. Oh, okay. okay. Um, the big news is 
We are adding not necessarily a completely different show, but a secondary sh secondary episodes, uh, special episodes. I think okay. you would. We, yeah, special. We're we'll special episodes. We're calling them balls and sticks specials. We're not putting them on a different channel. We're not doing any of that. We're not. We're not grown large enough to do that. But where Rich and I tell tell sports stories, it's not just going to be about what the week has, what the week in sports has done, or even our debate about who's the greatest quarterback, this, that, and the other. But we're going to tell stories like the time we saw Carlos Zobrano pitch a no hitter, mm -hmm. or um, or the time that. Uh, or we tell the story of uh, important people in sports, or we tell the story of epic matchups, or uh, the this changeover between Bill Parcells and and uh, and, and um, Bill Belichick, like those type stories and the parallels thereof, where we're telling more, almost like your thirty for thirty types. Okay, is is what I'm thinking. Um, and we're gonna. It's gonna be more research based. It's gonna be less uh, banter and more. I mean, there's gonna be banter. Don't get me wrong. Rich and I tell stories. We we interject. We add details for each other. We help each other out. Uh, it'll be slightly scripted. Uh, by scripted, I don't mean we're gonna just read a script. Uh, but we're gonna have a script that keeps us focused on where we're heading. Uh, it gives us a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we kind of dance around and give you some of the details that go along with the with what we're talking about uh so we're gonna we're gonna start working on those uh, that might be once a month um depending on how that how it works out we might end up trying to do once every other week we might increase it we might decrease it it all depends it's going to be a, a time commitment because mm -hmm. we got to do research we got to do some of that stuff but yeah um let us know what you think about that um hopefully that's something that people are interested in um, yes, I think that you guys, I mean, it, our, our anchor tells us that people are watching and listening to our shows and enjoying them, but would you also enjoy these other small segments, the, these one-off shows of probably one-hour storytelling about sports? And it doesn't necessarily have to be just something directly related to Rich and I. We may talk about, um, we may do a... a a story about like the Ford versus Ferrari feuds. I mean, that's been beaten to death, but you know, something similar that we know about, but we want to do research on stuff like that. So, um, I think we're, is that we talked about it. I thought you were on board with it. <laughs> Let's see how the first one goes. Okay. The we'll one see. that we probably know the most about is the Zambrano no hitter. Um, how, what, what the events that led up to that game. Um, we're going to give you history. We're going to give you our experience yeah. and our commentary on the game. As best we remember it or how we think or, or how we thought we remembered it. Yeah, that's fine. And then we're also going to, we're going to, I mean, I, there's at least one or two other stories that I want to do. Okay. Um, just about sports. And so let us know what you think of this concept. Um, I think we're going to at least do one. And then, um, do you have anything else before we go? No. Okay. Really. Uh, I, why am I in town this weekend? Because we, uh, we have a wedding for a really good friend of Danielle and mine. Um, Kelsey Cuppy is getting married uh, 
today. And so we're looking forward to, to heading down there and, and visiting with them and spending time with them. Uh, th folks, th thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, if you, if you uh, like us, check us out on Facebook. If you're listening to us on the podcast, um, if you're watching us on Facebook and you'd like to just listen to us, uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We should be there. If we're not, let us know. We'll try to figure out how to get on those platforms and, and get that figured out. Um, thanks a lot, folks. Uh, have a great day. And uh, Rich is going to stand up and get uh, turning stuff off. So uh, thanks for being there. And uh, yeah, Barney, you got to move. I know you were so comfy. But uh, have a good week. Goodbye. Yep, I can. We're finished.